detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Another episode of the Thrill Me podcast. No Gibbo this time, but Maddie's back. I'm here. And we've said his name five times. Uh, this week's <laughs> the Candyman. The Candyman from 1992. <laughs> Before we get into all that, though, what have we been watching, Maddie? Um, I've got a small list this week. Uh, the um, I watched a, a 19, I think it's I think it's early 90s, but um, classic comedy, uh, Let It Ride, with uh, Richard Dreyfus <laughs> and uh, a very young Jennifer Tilly in it. She oh. looks sensational, whatever. <laughs> But um, <laughs> some of the best best bit comedy actors in that ever. Like it's just such a good such a good movie. Richard Dreyfus is a bit crazy, but good fun. I watched Halloween too. Catching up to you, blokes, a little bit with uh, some of the stuff that I've watched. I didn't mind that. It had some a bit of it didn't make sense, but uh, it never does. <laughs> never does. <laughs> right? No, never does. Never does. <laughs> you got to overlook. A number of things. There's yeah. some inconsistencies. <laughs> I think that's where we'll leave it. I like that. It just picks off. I don't, I don't, can't recall having seen it where a movie, a sequel pick up right off where it's the last one's finished. So, And my take different. on it was that when we covered it on the podcast here was that for the first 45 minutes, it is very much in keeping with the original. Yeah, absolutely. And does some really it good things. It goes away. And when it goes away from it, yeah. that's where it, it falls apart. A little, bit, <laughs> a little bit out of hand as it, as it goes on. Yeah, but that was, that was good. Some good like camera work in there. and just I, I really like that. Uh, I was just in the background. Had Secret Life of Us on, I was, as I was telling you, Blake's earlier. It's yeah. dodgy, dodgy uh, um, Australian drama from like twenty years ago. But yeah, um, I reckon it'd be twenty years ago. Yeah, I believe we've got it out there on DVD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't look it up, guys. Not but no, um, no, I've never seen it. But it's got good music, you know. I was just saying. It's like, I believe it's on stand. Is, is it not on stand? It's on. Oh, it's on, on one of those. Oh, it's yeah. on Channel Seven or something. Though. I haven't looked. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, right. punched it through. I've got, I've got dumber fish to fry. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got, I've got NBA fantasy uh, championships to win, so I haven't watched mm. as much TV as I right. want. Okay. It's a, that's a stress on the time. <laughs> is, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's Jared, pretty, what do you got? Basic. Where's your, yeah, what's your volume like? All right. I, pick, uh, I uh, kick things off with Behind the Curve, which was uh, a mutual friend of Maddie and mine recommended it to me. Um, it's about flat earthers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a doco that's on Netflix. It's actually really good because it doesn't really take the piss out of these guys, but it, it lets them sort of just give you their whole. I read about this. Is yeah, this, is this the one where the guy was saying that he start sort of started believing it by the end of it, or no? I, well, I t- the thing about it is, it's it's gives them sort of enough rope, and but it goes into the psycho- psychology of it. It has like um, people talking about the psych- the reasons and the and the phenomena the psychologically why you would believe something that's quite yeah you know clearly. I mean, we could go into whether you believe all that stuff or not, but it's, it seems to me it's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> but there's there's all these reasons why people do it, just to be included into something, like yeah. all, all these all these different reasons, which is really interesting. And they don't really they don't really take shots at these guys. They show parts of why, um, you know, these support these groups of support for people and things like that, alternating with where you're watching parts of it going. These people are just 
off, off the planet. Like one bloke was talking about... Off the planet, but one, it's one flat. One bloke was talking about how he no longer speaks to his mother, his brother, his father, because they don't believe that the Earth is flat. And oh, I'm just like, oh, that's extreme. That's yeah. But the funniest thing is they, they follow these guys on some experiments. And when the results don't quite go there, what they, were, what they wanted, it's kind of like just the approach of we gave them enough rope to kind of hang themselves a yeah. little bit. But, again, it goes back to the psychology of it. And they, they explain why. Explain they it. find a way to explain mm. it to themselves. And to, yeah, um, yeah. So it's actually a really good watch. It was it was very entertaining. That stuff annoys me. No, As a, was, having taught science, I just... Uh, no, my thing is oh, like, like what you said, Jared. Believe what you want to believe, but... NASA routinely shows us footage from space that shows that the Earth is round. Why? What? What reason are they making all this up? Yeah, if, if they the actually, is flat, this was like, a big thing. When that's, I was the, that's, in, that's all I've got. Like, whenever what's anyone, the reason? Whenever anyone said that, I've, I've just said, why do we think everyone that's ever been in on this conspiracy is silent about it? What do we have to gain from? Pretending the Earth is round when it's not. I don't understand this. And they actually went into that too. That's, yeah. that's, they had some people explaining that. But one bloke is, I mean, probably the biggest asshole of a lot of them who's gone into. I think I'd actually seen the video before I saw the doco, but this was the bloke that went into a coffee shop and started fucking haranguing this NASA employee huh. that he was fucking lying to the public and all this sort of shit. They ended up getting escorted out of the coffee shop and all this sort of stuff. But they introduce him with a fucking sledgehammer or something, bouncing golf balls off it, talking about, oh, my mentor told me this is a fucking brain training activity. So he's bouncing golf balls <laughs> off a sledgehammer while reciting, like, capital cities and shit. <laughs> like, wow. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> and what's it got to do with flat earth? Yeah, and then they start coming out with conversations <laughs> like, the reason that we're winning is because we can show you this. And I'm looking at him going, he's not winning anything. Yeah. He's not winning anything. You're not winning the game of life, I can tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. A shout out to our our friends over at the Nostalgia Be Damned podcast. They did the Fast and the Furious. Oh right. So before Put you on I, a, on well, <laughs> before I uh, listened to it, I thought I'd better go back and refresh. Well, I ended up watching the entire series. <laughs> so I have watched every Fast and the Furious movie since we last recorded. <laughs> so thanks, fellas. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they know, just what? started the engine. You took it. Yeah, well, that's it. They started the engine. I put the NOS in and fucking fired it up. <laughs> Off I went. What's this button? <laughs> and we're um, but quite honestly, I I was loving it. Yeah. Like the, the couple of the early ones. What about Take Our Drift? Two? Two's actually worse, I think. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, Take yeah. Our Drift is better than two, but when they bring when they bring Toretto and O'Connor back for four, things pick up a little bit from there, but from five onwards. They've just got it down pat now. They know. They just know <laughs> what you're there for, and they cut back on the racing. Yeah. Not as much racing. They're just big action set pieces and heists and ridiculous plans. But it's entertaining as hell, yeah. especially when you get the ensemble together and you've got the Rock and Statham, and then you get people like Ronda Rousey and Gina Carano in little roles just to spice just to spice up the fights and stuff. Uh, I forgot they actually had uh, the fella from the raid, not Eco Weiss, the other Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Joe. 
shit. His last name escapes me, but it was also in that one I watched earlier that I said I wanted to have a little watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, night, that's right. I can't remember the name of that, but it was um, untidy. Yeah, and so they're really smart with that sort of stuff. They pick people that you want to watch in action sequences. They build those massive set pieces, and yeah, it's fun. It's a, it was a lot of fun. I saw the Lego Movie two with the kids. Mm-hmm. Good. I don't know why. It, why it flopped so much at the box office. It's probably a shade off the first one, but if you liked the first one, you'd like this one, no yeah. question. But, um, yeah, they butchered the bloody advertising over here. They did the same old trick of leaving it eight weeks later or whatever to line up with the school holidays, but now nobody knows it's gone. <laughs> There's no ads on the telly or anything. I saw Us. Yep. I started watching Get Out. I'm going to... Oh, yeah, well... Yeah, yeah. That one's better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked. I still liked us. It didn't grab me as much as Get Out, but again, I finished up and I was thinking about it a lot and what things mean. There's definitely a ton of subtext. Like I've, I've when I was watching it, I felt that there was a lot about classes and and opportunity and things like this. But then there was a hell of a lot that I didn't get. But the guys got away with imagery and everything's very deliberate and yeah, a lot, a lot of the it looked great. A lot of the stuff I really really enjoyed. I was definitely still pretty happy with it, but probably not quite as happy as I was with something like Get Out. Uh, but I'll definitely go back to it, and I'm definitely keen to see anything that he's coming out with because he's definitely got a voice and he's got something very different and, and unique to put out there. He puts really interesting ideas out there. Yep. So mm. I saw Pet Cemetery. Mm. I didn't hate it by any stretch. It was a little disappointing in some ways. I thought the relationship between Lewis and Judd was a little underdone, yeah. and I wasn't as wasn't real happy with how that came about. Especially having gone to the book as well, it just feels like that's so much stronger and deserved a bit more on the screen. That said, a couple of the changes they make, I really quite liked. I think they probably gave gave away a little too much in the trailer. I think it would have been more effective if they hadn't shown as much as they did in the trailer. But yeah, there's some stuff that definitely works better than the original stuff around the grief and the and the differences in opinion mm. on um, feelings about death and, and stuff Lithgow like that. Lithgow any good? Lithgow was yeah, really good. Yeah. It was a good choice. I just felt like he did probably it could have been played out a little bit differently, and he could have been there a bit more early on, developing things a little bit more. I would have actually been happy if it went a little bit longer to develop that stuff. But regardless, I I really liked it. It's just a story that you really latch on to it's still still got some really classic sort of beats in it some of the stuff towards the end I was kind of iffy on I'll mm. probably you know have to go back and watch again when it comes <laughs> out on the home or streaming or something like that to really kind of it's not Amazon Prime right no definitely not that <laughs> level it was a good solid I reckon probably a sort of six and a half seven out of ten yeah. like I still I still really enjoyed the experience there but um, the last one I went to see was Shazam huh. so my calls on what was going to be good and what was not going to be good early on in the year are just... <laughs> if I said it was going to be shit, lock it in for an Oscar or something, basically, <laughs> because, yeah, I was I was really sceptical about Shazam and I ended up loving it. I thought it was really good. Like, uh, some people would call it a little bit trite and a little bit kind of cliched with a lot of the family stuff and things that go on, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really... Uh, the comedy was, was... It wasn't, like massive sort of laugh out loud moments but I was chuckling pretty consistently at yeah. things that were going on and yeah definite sort of course correction for DC I would say I liked it better than Aquaman hmm. and I reckon would say that um, <laughs> so you should probably, probably still have I don't know I, 
I might change my mind on this. I'd probably still have Wonder Woman just ahead of it, but it's pretty fucking close. So. Yeah. yeah. So that was me. I've got a lot of volume here. I, I spend a lot of time watching TV. <laughs> right? Uh, we watched. It, I watched a couple with the family. First up, I had to watch. We watched a movie called um, "Thank You for Smoking" because Caitlin had to do it for a yep. um, part of uni. Yeah, actually, really good. Really, That's good. Jason Wright, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. really, really good. I was, I was actually quite surprised because I never seen it before. Didn't know any much about it, but it was just really cool to see the whole spin. Yeah, here's this guy. He's like a spin doctor for big tobacco. Yeah, and here he is just talk, like, I mean, there's one particular sequence involving the original Marlboro man who's got cancer and he basically goes down there with a big bloody briefcase full of cash and then essentially shames the bike into taking it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just kind of talks him into it. It was really good. We also watched Life of the Party. It's the one with Melissa McCarthy. You know what? That shit's got so much... It's 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 ripe for comedy. Mm. That, that going back to school yeah. when you're old. But they just... It's like Will Ferrell. Yeah. The joke just goes on and on and on. They didn't know when to actually say, right, the joke is finished. Let's yeah. move to the next scene. And it happens for, like, scene after scene where you're just sort of going, this can't. This should have been cut off, like, a minute ago. It can't yeah. affect Rodney Dangerfield. Exactly. Just that's that's it. It. But Dangerfield it. knew what he was making. It was, he was making a <laughs> Joe Schlub comedy. <laughs> was, you know, the other thing Dangerfield had is I can't even look at his face without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he was just on a winner. <laughs> but we also watched 22 Jump Street. That's yeah, no. what I'm talking about. That's yeah. the type of comedy. That's where you can mine that type of stuff out of going to college and yep. stuff like that. So, Life of the Party was pretty average. Mm. Okay, I did see Us. Um, I, like Jared, get, like, it had good ideas and it's visually stunning, but it was it left me super cold. Like, I was just sitting there going, this isn't scary, it's not suspenseful. It's it, I, At one point, I actually said to myself, is this a horror film? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah, everybody, part of the hype I think that let it maybe got to me was the scariest movie ever. No, it's definitely more like, thriller. Wow. Again. It was like, so similar to Get Out. It's more thriller. But see, this is the thing. Like, I didn't even get any thrills. Like, there's one moment where I felt, a, you know, sort of, oh, you know, that was that was quite cool, creepy. It looks pretty chilling when you But it definitely has. I, I, like, I, I felt it had more than that. Like, and I know my, the moment you were talking about was really, really yeah, good, yeah. but there was other parts where the girl was being chased and things where I actually felt like they did some pretty good things there. But when you actually get to the answer, and I'm not going to spoil it, I laughed. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking as I was laughing in the cinema, I'm assuming I'm not supposed to. No, I don't think it were. And to me, it just did absolutely nothing for me. Nothing at all. And I'm not saying the bloke... I, I want to see what he does next. I, I Get Out was fantastic. I'm really interested in the Twilight Zone, his, his take on the Twilight Zone. Mm. But my big concern, and I've said this to Jared today, I'm a bit worried too that is he going to become like an M. Night... There's an expectation that his movies will have subtext and and, yeah. and social commentary, and he, each one he does, he gets they get dumber and sillier, and next thing you know, everyone's going, "Remember this guy? Yeah, <laughs> he I was made a really good movie." I don't think we could go there because it definitely wasn't dumb. No, and it wasn't I mean, I'm concerned that that could possibly happen. I don't yeah. see it yet I because don't, I think I don't the ideas dumb. were still okay in us. I think in this one, the the issue for me was possibly. 
that he tried to go too much for the subtext at the expense of some of the stuff that mm. you said was missing. And I think you're right to some extent. I, I, I guess am. it's maybe unfair to compare the two. Get out I think and, the hype around us. him having subtext has been massive as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That whole, if you're watching this right after you hear things like, I'm never going to cast a white leading man or something like that, you're, you're thinking, like subconsciously, you're thinking about that yeah, when you're yeah. watching but, it. But I mean, there definitely is. There's no question. You couldn't watch it and say there's not messages that he's trying to make yeah. here. Like tying things into Hands Across America and stuff, yeah. which was a... Was it a poverty drive? Like it was a yeah. homelessness drive homelessness and things drive, like yeah. that. And then when the, the stuff that I got out of it was definitely linked to that. So yeah. it's like, that's what I was kind of saying. Everything's deliberate. And, yeah. And then um, look, I get that and I'm not knocking him for that. I'm saying that's it's good that he's pushing the boundaries. And you said it when we last when we, we went and saw Glass. Shit of a movie as it was, <laughs> at least the guy is trying to do something different. He's trying to make films that and have characters that are different. This one for me, just... I, I didn't feel the characters. I didn't feel anything. And I think when you walk out of a movie like that, it's hard not to be pretty disappointed in it. Yeah. So I was quite disappointed in it. And I guess it's all coming back to the fact that Get Out was such a creepy, weird, unsettling film. I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah. Enjoying it. So I, 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 just sitting there and us and going, I feel nothing, mm. isn't, to me, not a good, not a good yeah. thing at all. Pet Cemetery. Shout out to Luke from on Instagram. He saw it and gave us the drum and said it was pretty good. And I agree. I think, like you, it's probably a six and a half at seven. Mm. And I agree that the development of characters, both Lewis and Judd and Judd and Ellie, they were too rushed. Yeah. You didn't feel like he would do what he did. You didn't feel he would... Yeah. provide Lewis with knowledge of the Indian burial ground. Yeah. And, I, like, now with the book... Because I hadn't read it. I hadn't actually read the book. So now I've gone back and reading the book, and the book's, like, 450-odd, probably a bit shy yeah, of that. Yeah. It's it's like over 150 pages, like 170 pages before they even get to burying the cat. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff Character is, development. Yeah, it feels like he would do that because there's so much more. I mean, they, they cut out the wife, which is a big reason why he does it in the book. And mm. I'm, I'm not saying I was disappointed. No, like I still, I, I came out of the. Oh, I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed it. We'll still, still plan on going back to it again. Like, yeah, it was just. I felt that part of the book was so important that it was a little bit disappointing. Even if you just Especially when you got someone minutes. the quality of John Lithgow. Yeah, yeah. Like you feel like you just want John Lithgow on the screen as much. as Even you can if have it him, was like, um, just another ten minutes of those two kind of bonding, yeah, yeah. sitting around the campfire having a drink and that. Yeah, it that's quite worked. what was it missing. Remember in the book, they're constantly. He's just saying, you know, when they one of the first times they meet, Lewis basically says, "I'm on the porch at eight o'clock every night." Yeah, and they actually even use the cigarette. Remember yeah. when Ellie first sees him, it's the cigarette, and that's yeah. how they describe Lewis's kind of seeing that he's there in the yeah. book is the cigarette light. And those kind of dropping over for a beer at 8 o'clock. I still yeah. think that should have been there. Exactly. I would agree. But look, I enjoyed it. I yeah, think it was yeah. pretty well done for yeah. Stephen Goon. I watched a movie on SBS, Bone Tomahawk, with Kurt Russell. It's like a Western, mm. but it's also mixed with like cannibalism and stuff. Wow. Mate, it surprised the hell out of me because I was thinking, no, nah, this won't be up my alley. <laughs> slow as it was very slow and deliberate. <laughs> Did you say SBS and dig up? Shit. No, the only reason I did it is I, I went to the TV guide and I saw it there and I thought, yeah. that one's got Kurt Russell in it, hasn't it? And then I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really good. Mm. Like, really good. 
I watched one, an interesting one on um, Stan called Intruders. I'm not going to spoil it, but basically the setup is that this woman is living in a rural property with her brother. He dies. She's got agoraphobia. She can't leave the house. Then, of course, three blokes turn up to rob the place. And it goes into some interesting directions from there. Mm-hmm. And it was all right. Because, again, it was another one I just sort of cold-watched I didn't know much about it, and I just sort of, I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm. And, yeah, there was a little bit of surprise there, which was good. I then um, delved into some shit with uh, a Blumhouse production of Amityville, The Awakening. Uh, I did a bit of research on it. Um, it has 18 executive producers. Wow. <laughs> and it was originally started as a found footage movie in 2012, and then they scrapped the whole thing and started over. It was finished filming in 2015, Released in 2017. Oh, it's a long time. So there was all sorts of crap going on in the Spend background. Spent a little bit of time on the shelf. Yeah. And it was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Salvage something from Where'd yeah. you find it? It's on uh, um, Stan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> really intrigued. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a piece of shit. <laughs> Ash vs. Evil Dead yeah, Season 2 and yeah. 3. Whoa. I've knocked over the entire Sweet series Maria. now. Loved it. I mean, look, it was getting stale as all bloody hell. I mean, they were just repeating themselves yeah. episode to episode. But Bruce Campbell just makes me laugh like, constantly. Yeah, he's so good. He just, yeah. You know, I mean, at one point, what does he say? He says, um, I'm going to break in like a ninja losing his virginity. <laughs> Quickly and discreetly, I'm like. <laughs> but, you know, it, it wasn't great stuff, like, plot-wise, mm. but it didn't matter. Because that's yeah. not why you were watching it. Yeah, that was my feelings on it too. Like that, so even when the episodes were a bit of a dud, and you'd sort of wonder where the story was going, you'd just be, just give us more Campbell, and I'll be happy. And, and every time they just, <laughs> every time someone gets killed, it's just guys of blood going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like chainsaws are in action, and suddenly he's just covered from head to toe in blood. You know, and some of the situations that he finds himself in are just fucking uh, just crazy. <laughs> I'm about halfway through season three of Santa Clarita Diet. Um, not bad. I'm ditching Jesus, that. Yeah. Did, you even, did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also halfway through second season of On My Block, which was also good. And I'm seven episodes into Castle Rock, mm. which is excellent. Mm. I really, really enjoy it. It's 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 it reeks of King. You know, mm. it's, even though he didn't write it, it's it has that feel. But then just all the little Easter eggs that they quietly sort of drop in about the Stephen King universe. And, you know, I mean, I don't think there's too many authors, there's probably none, who can have this type of show, basically, no. based around his, his work. Not a lot. So, very impressive. I'm interested to see when you knock over the last couple have a chat about the uh, end of it. I forgot, I forgot to add on to my list. I watched Solo as well. For, uh, oh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, how was it? Let's look. It's there's nothing wrong with it at all. Some of the camera work's amazing in it. Some of the visual stuff's amazing in it. And it's a Star Wars flick. You've got, yeah. you've got your action scene at the beginning. You've got your big finale fight at the end. Yeah. And you've got you've got relationships with people in the middle. And yeah, it's good fun. I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm off to give it a run because it's. On I wish it. Too. I sort of wish it got a bit more. Yeah. Like as far as it's better than the earlier episodes of the, the one, two, three of the Star Wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> I liked it a million times more. 90% of what we've watched on this podcast, we've been in that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah, a bit underrated, I think, in terms of box office expectations and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, the cost, what was the cost? $450 million. <laughs> That was the biggest problem, I think. Better right. than Aquaman. But they basically... <laughs> but they basically... Poor Aquaman. Jesus. <laughs> but they basically like redid it. it you know? <laughs> Essentially, they, yeah, they shot Solo and then redid it. That's mm-hmm. why it costs so much. Mm-hmm. All right. That's everything. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1992's Candyman. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman? Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Where did I... It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jean? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now she is about to discover. Helen? What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all... Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. Candyman from 1992, written and directed by Bernard Rose, known for Paper House. He also made music videos for UB40 and Bronsky Beat. And then didn't you point out that he may have made some sort of softcore pornography after, <laughs> after Candyman? Yeah, Hello. well, I looked, at, I looked at his IMDb and there was something on there about a Playboy series that described it like a Tales from the Crypt yeah like an episode kind of I don't know it was just yeah a number of softcore titles under some sort of banner <laughs> <laughs> and this the, the, the it is based on The Forbidden by Clive Barker produced by Steve Golan who produced The Revenant and Spotlight Alan Paul who produced Six Feet Under and Black Rain and uh, I'm sorry about this Sigurd Sivertson <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, who did the Killer Elite and Brothers. Oh, jeez. You're just a man of the world, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, got to, we've got to send a listener shout-out as well because this one was recommended <laughs> uh, yes, by yes. Uh, Tobias Cuthbert Hughes-Brown. <laughs> ah. So uh, We should have got his take on the, the film too. Yeah, well, his, his take was it's but, a little bit like Freddy. Yeah. But kind of good. That was his... <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, 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 How's our conversation on a, on a spike well, to Get a bit more out of him, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, stars Virginia Madsen as Helen Lyle, Tony Todd as Candyman, and Xander Berkeley as Trevor Lyle. The budget was estimated at $6 million, and the box office was $25 million in the US. On the DVD commentary, one of the producers says that had Virginia Madsen not been available, the part of Helen would have been most likely gone to then-unknown actress Sandra Bullock. Oh. And Eddie Murphy was interested, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, I think he was conceited. I don't know. Holy Christ. <laughs> but that article mentioned that his reason for leaving could have possibly been his height and or the amount of money he was asking yeah, for. Yeah, definitely the amount of money, yeah. surely. Imagine him being in this. It it yeah, would have been a very different picture, I would imagine. I mean, Eddie Murphy's a good actor. I'm not saying he's not, but not in this type Couldn't of role. Couldn't have done it. No, I don't he, I believe so. he cropped up not long after this with Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, it was good enough for Wes Craven, wasn't he? <laughs> All right. Matty, thoughts, mate? Hey, look, I, I thought it sort of started out a bit slow, but it definitely picks up and it turned into something that I really enjoyed. The action started getting a little bit better. I guess things started falling into place in terms of actually raising some questions and uh, a lot of the build-up that they had paid off at the end. So I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm happy to give that a three and a half. Easy. All right. Three and a half. Nice. Jared? Yeah, I'm three and a half for sure. Um, I think you're right. Like the early going was a little bit slow and steady, but once once the Candyman starts appearing a little bit more and making his presence a little bit more known, it really kind of picks up and... I think it actually, uh, like I always thought it was just a sort of generic slasher type or, or boogeyman type thing, but it's actually got a bit more, bit more uh, substance to it, a bit more weight to yeah. it. Um, and yeah, I was I was really happy with it. I hadn't gone back to it in quite a while. As you could tell, Adam, this afternoon when I was looking for the DVDs and had no idea where they were. <laughs> 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 so, we found Candyman fell out of the flesh though. Yeah, we found that one. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was really pleased when when we went back to it. I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. I I give it a three and a half as well. It's a, a solid, slow burn type of mm. horror film. I actually think, and it uses it's very effective use of the urban legend stuff mm-hmm. and the setting in the Chicago projects. I think that works phenomenally well. In yep. fact, it is a little dated, and I will agree that first. 35, 40 minutes is a little bit of tough going. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in the beginning going, damn, she looks like Gillian Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, it's kind of got that unsettling quality that I like about, like, rather than your your Michael or your Jason, you know, the, the mindless sort of killing machine, it's got more to it. And I would agree it fits in more with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, like you, as, I hadn't been there for a long time. It's not nowhere near as self-indulgent, though. Yes. It keeps... It plays everything very straight, mm. very similar to the first Freddy in its style. Yeah. From a likes perspective, and, and it's interesting because me and you had a conversation, Matty, when you got here, I actually liked the Candyman in general. I thought his backstory was interesting. I thought he looked kind of cool. Mm. Um, he looked pimpish. He looked very good. <laughs> but it was cool. The hook is the a really cool um, weapon. Yep. And his voice, a lovely timber, <laughs> rich, rich and throaty, but yet with the appropriate amount of coldness to it. 
<laughs> when she first hears him talking in the car park, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I would have jumped off the edge of the <laughs> thing and just yeah. run away. Yeah, don't finish the sentence. I'm going. Hello. He's like, whoa, whoa, what's that? Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. have been j- jiggling the keys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right I, out of there. I think it was. Uh, he was really good, actually, Tony mm. Todd. I, I dug the I dug the backstory because it fit so much with the urban legend thing that they were running with. Yeah. Like, it sounded like a legit kind of story from yeah. the history. Oh, this yeah, guy. It's, it's the, the, the kind of tale that would turn into an urban legend. I think yeah. they crafted a really kind of nifty little backstory yeah, for yeah. him and also brought in the whole racial stuff that goes throughout the movie as well in the mm. backstory. Yeah. Yeah, I was, and Tony Todd was... Excellent casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really liked the bloke in a whole lot else as much as I like him in this. So mm. I don't dislike him as an actor or anything, but he just hasn't found his way into as many bigger kind of roles mm. as this one. So it's yeah, it's definitely it it, it suits him perfectly. His voice is yeah. His, his cannonball exit out of the out of the room with the out of the psychiatrist's office. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. does the the back. I've never seen anything yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt I ever will. I thought that was great. <laughs> He's also a very big man. He's yeah, like six, six five, six five. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. Six five, got the right uh, vocal range. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just love the my part. The, the thing that I also liked was that the backstory is sort of it. It also included a little bit of that racial stuff to it. You know, the whole thing about him being asked to paint the picture of the the um, plantation owner's daughter and she's, of course, mm. white, and then he falls in love with her and then they lynch him, basically. Um, and it's quite confronting stuff, you know. They, yeah. they cut his hand off with a, yeah. a rusty blade and then they cover him in the bees and everything. Like, it's really... It's real blood. I like the bees about him stuff. as well. That's such a, a weird thing. You've got... A definite sign of his presence. It's bees start appearing, yeah. and that's something that's really visual and, and mm. visceral. You can hear it, and then you've also got a hook that's used very effectively in a lot of different ways when, yeah. when he's interacting with people. Yeah. But he did. His, it was a, his look was a bit ridiculous for me. When I first saw him, I must admit, in the car park, I did think to myself. Looks like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't know how else you could do it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not creative enough to come up with a with a reasonable. Well, we saw some that. stuff, didn't we, Jared? Some stuff where they had pictures of what the Candyman looks oh, yeah. like. Oh yeah, we actually. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a picture of Candyman from like an adaptation in a magazine where they'd got a picture to go along with it. Kind of looked like Bigfoot with all kinds of hair. It kind of looked like that thing out of um, Death Note. Yeah. You could have done something cooler with the bees, I reckon. I don't know. Still could have used Tony Todd's voice, though. Yep. Definitely. I just, I really dug the through line about urban legends. Yeah. All that stuff was really cool, especially that story they tell about the woman saying there's something in the walls Mm. and ringing the cops and they're not Mm. believing her. Yeah. And then someone did come through the wall. They set it up really well. There's multiple sources. Yeah. And automatically you've got a university involved, you've got credibility. (laughs) 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 we also like it, it fits in with what they're going with too like me and adam were talking about the whole reading of it where you know the guy actually says when they're talking about urban legends that they're just like the 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 kind of they're manifested from our fears of urban life and all this sort of stuff yeah and then you it seems very pointed after that that the whole thing set in housing projects yeah. predominantly and she black. turns up and of course the the 
sort of guys hanging around the bottom start sort of pestering her and she starts yeah. feeling really uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. It and it ties to, back to what they'd said. Yeah, it seems to bring up, you know, the whole fear of the blackmail and all this sort of mm. stuff that was going on, like a, a poor project areas and things like yeah. that, which Bernard, I believe Bernard Rose has kind of said stuff about that himself, about how the projects was very kind of deliberate because yeah. that's a fear that people have that even if you drive past this place, you're not going to live and all yeah. this sort of stuff. But then, like, they, then they kind of do a nice sort of counter to it where they run into that the, the woman living in the projects who says, you know, we're not all like those assholes downstairs, you yeah. know, I just mm. want to look after Which I my, guess is the point of it. Yeah, really. yeah, I yeah. want to look after my child. I, that, that's it. I just want to raise a good home life for my child. And I like game. that again, you know, just sort of playing with it and... Giving you something to think about. Really interesting. That that was like the first time she proper swore. Like she was. Yeah. <laughs> those eyes. started going off about the other people, and I was like, yeah. straight away they're setting up the dichotomy of this kid sort of already on the back foot. Yeah. Even well, they, though even though she's got best intentions and will do the best job that she can. Yeah. yeah. Well, they seem to. I mean, the things that he says, like he's he's out and out saying, my power is in perpetuating my myth. Basically, yeah. basically you know. The whole thing about the, the, the power of that the, that whole stereotype and all that sort of perpetuating that myth mm. is what gives it fucking credence and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then there's parts later on where I felt when he takes the kid, that seems deliberate too because it's like the stereotype is now – there's one point where he's feeding the kid. It's like you're fucking – this is what you're getting about yourself, you know. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't know. There just seems to be a lot of that to it. But yeah, you know, you don't. Sometimes you watch these movies and you don't pick up on anything like that. But then you kind of dig deep, deeper. You yeah. kind of get into yeah, some yeah. of that stuff. And it. I actually liked the way they opened with a reenactment of the Candyman legend. Mm. Say his name in the mirror five times, and then there's a shit, shit, <laughs> shit hot jump scare where he just appears. You know. Yeah. In like a quick sort of grab yeah, behind in the back that, of the mirror, through the, um, roof, through the know, roof, right? Yeah, and I, I just love that because it only took like two minutes to explain this is the urban legend we're talking about. Yeah, this is the story we're talking about. I dug the just generally the look and the feel, the projects, the murals on the wall, oh, the mural him, the mural of awesome. him with his mouth open, and then and there's a hole where yeah. she sort of steps through. It really worked in the context of where they were. Yeah, uh, and I think it worked really, really strongly. Like it, it was visually strong. I like the I like the um, the fact that she goes into the wall and you and the, I think you lose a bit of perspective on space. Like the she's crawling through this wall for so long. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like that was really. It was like the room that they went to was next to the apartment, but then she was crawling for ages. I, yeah. I thought that was like just saying how deep in the background this thing is and how oh, yeah. I thought that was really yeah. Cool. I actually, um, I was mentioning to Adam too beforehand that I'd actually, I'd found the article about a woman that actually got killed in the fashion that they're talking about in the movie, like wow. going through the medicine cabinets. Yeah. That there was a whole breakdown of how in these housing projects, how they, how they were constructed, there was a woman that actually, it's almost how they explain it in the movie, but it's a fictional account in the movie. But there was a woman that was calling 911 saying there's someone, someone, is trying to kill me and they're trying to come through the medicine cabinet. And it turned out the, the cops came and knocked on the door or whatever but couldn't get any response, so they left. And a couple of weeks later, they found her body in the apartment and the, the people next door had been dealing drugs or something like that and thought she was going to she was gonna blow the lid yeah. on it. And yeah. so they got into her apartment through the medicine cabinet, exactly how they're talking about in the movie, yeah. which, again, I thought lent her to kind of... Uh, you know, it was interesting that they'd actually taken the inspiration from something like that that had actually happened and then turned it into a pretty effective 
story. Um, yeah. Story, story yeah, yeah, movie yeah. as well. Like weaved it all in. Wow. Same with the story about the. I mean, I, don't, I know this wasn't specifically. It wasn't legit or anything. But the story the little boy tells about the little boy going oh, the to the bathroom. bathroom. Oh mm. shit! And then they show a slight reenactment of everything, and he. he I mean, it's un, very untidy, and mm. it. it, it yeah, the whole idea that he was killed and had his dick ripped off and placed in the toilet bowl. They do a bit of sitting there going, all you could hear from me and you was, God, that's tidy. And it's being told by like a seven-year-old yep. and the way he's telling it. Like, it's just, it's really creepy. They do some things to make you feel uncomfortable in yeah. this movie, yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I feel that entire sequence where we first meet Candyman in the parking lot and he's walking towards her and they've got all that flashing cuts and stuff of, of her and the bees and, you know, lighting's weird and all that sort of stuff. And he's going, Helen. Yeah, be my victim. Be my victim. Yeah, you know, he keeps saying to her. And then she wakes up on the bathroom floor <laughs> and the project's covered in blood. The dog's head's on the ground. Yeah. You know, there's the crib's full of blood. and Yeah, that was messed up. It was just like, what the hell's they going hadn't set on? Up that, they hadn't set up that he could hypnotise you, but he just was controlling her after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he kept sort of, I really loved the fact that she got arrested mm. and was taking yeah. the rap for this shit. And it's like, it just adds another layer of kind of like scariness to the whole thing is that this guy, he's supernatural. So, and yet he's just puppet mastering this entire thing that every time he murders somebody, you're going to take the yeah. rap because there yeah. is no way to explain. And it was just, who, I think it was, who this person is. It was so powerful that it was like, you're not the one that's meant to die, but I need to kill you in order to perpetuate the myth within my own community. Yeah. Mm. So I need I need a, a white girl to get killed in order for everybody else to stay in their lane and, yeah. and do what I want. Yeah. And and I just think that stuff just adds that layer and mm. it feels more menacing as a villain. Mm. As um, much more like that scene where she woke up in the in the in the apartment was like massively impactful yeah. like when she wakes up with the next to the dog's head yeah. and bloody yeah. cleaver oh, she picks up the cleaver after the jump scare yeah. after the jump scare with the dog that made me shit myself yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah where it comes at the window yeah that dog had some uh, some credibility at that point <laughs> that's, yeah and also why are you picking up the cleaver though <laughs> yeah. yeah you're already in some deep shit here like, oh, I if I woke up in a pool of blood I'd be Looking for a weapon. Too. I was going to say, I'd probably pick up the cleaver too. Although I'd probably still be fucking trying to process what exactly is going on. To be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be picking up. Well, she's checking herself to see yeah, if she, she was her body. Yeah, yeah. No knowledge. She didn't know what was going on. The same kind of thing happens with her getting transferred to the psych ward and Bernadette's death. Same thing, you know. He guts Bernadette, and then she and she just sort of passes out and then wakes mm. up and there's a knife next to her and she's covered in blood and Bernadette's been ripped to shreds. And then mm. she ends up in the psych ward. Yeah, you know. And again, it just it just keeps that whole thing of he's just not going to let go. Mm. He's yeah. not going to let you go. And got the hooks in. He's got the hooks <laughs> in. Pardon the pun. But you know, he's not going to let you go, and he's basically going to turn your life into absolute. Was well, that the shit. same scene? Is that the one where he came through the medicine cabinet? Yeah, yeah. His yeah. hand comes out of the medicine cabinet. Yeah, and that, was, that was a good jump scare. And then <laughs> she runs back to the bar, um, back to the kitchen, and he's suddenly standing behind her. You know. Yeah. Stuff was good. Because she was very grey when she was dead. I thought that was a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked when the psychologist gets gutted. 
Oh, like, yeah. just in front of her out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of happens suddenly. Like, oh, he starts... The way that they do that, yeah, because he's like, you know, the, the, that whole boogeyman vibe. He just, he's looking at her and then he just goes, and then you just see the head kind of pop up over his shoulder. Yeah. Like, Ooh, just, just the, yeah. The, the creep factors like, raised up. The hook up goes right up to his neck as well. Like, the, it's a good, good It's incision. a sharp hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's done some damage. Yeah, done, yeah, plenty of damage. And then when she goes to see, finally goes to him, Mm. And he takes opens his jacket and he's just got yeah. he's eaten away by thousands of bees and they're all in his mouth and he starts kissing her and everything. It's just really cool visuals. Like visually it looked stunning, you know? Yeah. And it was just such a outrageous type of It was a throwback to Hellraiser, wasn't it? Well the, yeah. The, the semi the well, semi made man or Yeah, well it's I mean this is it's got Clive Barger written all over it, you know. Mm. Like that's that's kind of what you would expect from Barker. You know, he's got that interesting sort of... His horror's not just straight down the line. It's mm. out there. And and this fell right into it. Yeah. I actually think that I like the fact that it came kind of back. And as you said, a white woman has to die to perpetuate the... Mm. But it all came back to his backstory. Yeah. You know? And how he kept saying, I need you, I, I want you, you know? And it was about, it's always been about her, I believe he says to her. It's always been about you. And, and I like the fact that it kind of rolled back over to some of his backstory. Yeah. And tied back into it, which was good. Mm. That whole run at the end of like, you know, the burning the, the pyre and yeah, her I being love that. Inside the, we've got a party happening later, or there's a. And then, apologies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And lights it up. Yeah, yeah. The funeral and then, yeah. you know, obviously the ending with her. It's, it was a nice little run at the end. A good, nice way to wrap it all up. Yeah. And I kind of like that even though the husband was an absolute dildo, he couldn't let her go and he had to say her name in the mirror. Like, he just he couldn't help himself because he was like, he missed her and he wanted her back. And he, there's that, that, that short little bit where he has a quick flashback because his new wife's annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, him and he has a quick flashback to her, that those two sort of having a laugh in the kitchen and everything like that, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, he wants to see her again. Uh, I thought that was cool. I thought it was a really good way to end it too. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, she's now taken over for Candyman. Mm. I don't know how he comes back in the sequel. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you next week. You <laughs> 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 found the, uh, yeah. the double pack? Yeah. Any more likes? Any more things that you enjoyed about it? Well, that was pretty much it for me. Yeah. I thought it was kind of iconic, that ending as well, with that whole she took over his place. I, yeah. thought, that, I thought that was kind of cool. Was it? And I love the fact that at the, at the closing credits, you know, it, it, it zooms in on a mural of her yep. on the walls in the um, in the projects. I thought mm-hmm. that was, again, a really nice way to sort of cap the whole film. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, dislikes. I haven't got a lot. No, I don't have a lot. Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I'm not quite sure of. Yeah. And or I'm disgusted by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. St- starting off at you know the, the mild sort of end of things, the, the church organ, the, the theme yeah. of the church organ, <laughs> sounded very cheesy to kick things off. Later on, they they switched to like a, a choir kind of kind of exorcist so style. Sounded yeah. a lot better. Than I thought you would have been all over that, Jan. I thought you would have been loving that music at the beginning. I thought we stumbled onto one of the Universal monster pictures or something initially with the church organs blaring. And I would agree with you. It is a little slow. Yeah. Initially, the first forty odd 
It takes a, a bit of setup and there's points where not much is actually happening. It sort of pays off later because I think the 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 being restrained with the Candyman early makes him more impactful later on. Yeah, but it is it is a bit of a grind the first forty odd. Yeah, I would I would suggest that you know just a, maybe a slight trim or maybe just I mean it wasn't really that long. No, was it? It was only about hundred. One forty. Yeah. yeah. 140. But, I mean, it's, it's slow, but not too slow, but it, it, it does detract a little bit from that early part. Mm. I actually felt the music on a whole was a bit average. Like, when you, brought, when you bring in a little bit of, you know, choir, that, that gives it a little <laughs> bit more punch. But yeah. The opening, the opening stuff was terrible. Was fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't mind the music at the beginning. <laughs> terrible. I thought it was all right. That's rough. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the real... The meat? The meat of this dislike. <laughs> there is a sequence where she finds sweets for my sweet written on the toilet wall <laughs> and to- door of the toilet. Yeah. Now, that is in shit. Is that not correct? <laughs> that is in... That is a the term. The seems to, to indicate... indicate pretty well scribed, too. <laughs> it's almost like they had a like a, a stencil and then they just wiped shit right through the stencil. <laughs> I've got questions. Uh, how much shit do you need to do that? Because it was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's I a was, full sentence, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, need to. I was, yeah, I, I was... I was scared that he did a turn to write a full sentence. He was like, <laughs> once you finished in there, just drop it down here. <laughs> Come on, fellas, in the bucket. Painting a mural. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with it? I'm painting a mural. Helen, pass me the roll. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just, look, as we mentioned too, I think the, the hair that was cut off, that was his painting hand, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat shocked. It's a one-handed gig. That's taken all fucking I'm pretty, look, I'm impressed that he could still craft something that looked still um, other than what it was made with. It was looked it looked quite I mean, honestly, artistic and quite frankly, look at it, it was the bloody Picasso, the Bob Ross of shit. He wasn't meant to have done that though, right? It was the Bob Ross of shit mural. The street toughs did that. The street toughs did that. He didn't do that. Did they? The street toughs did it because they were imitating being the candy man. What? That doesn't make it any better. (laughs) They just, the the whole gang did a shit in the bucket, I'm telling you. And then they've. I thought that was one of his lines. I thought that was one of his lines, though. So I feel yeah, like just... it's the same thing. You got to mix lies yeah, to exactly. confuse everyone, yeah, right? True. Yeah. But I thought so. What better way to do that than write yeah. right in the wall and in feces? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they need. Oh. To, I'm confused. They need to, <laughs> to, to tangle the myths with the actual reality. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was just the because he came in holding. And this. everyone knew the uh, the candy man had an irritable mouth. <laughs> 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 and it makes more sense than one armed man, one handed man couldn't have done it when four straight toughs were probably the other, the, other, the other urban myth, the lactose intolerant man, they're just, they, they're, look, they're mates. Surely, it surely one bloke like held the stencil up by the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the shit. It did, it, more sense. Man job. it did make more sense that it was a gang because it was at least a minimum triple decker to get that job done. <laughs> but the consistency too, it was bloody horrid. <laughs> you could see it. You can see it on the film. It looked like peanut butter. It was terrible. Are you sure terrible. it wasn't? Have we, have we been di- got the fucking wrong end of the stick? You guys watched this in slow motion, rewound it, spent well, a lot of time on the turf. Considering what they were talking about that had gone on in the bathroom, I don't know. I think I was more disturbed by the by the writing than yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oof. 
still there's uh, question mark. My only other thing was more of a less of a dislike, more of a question about nursing skills. Yep. When she's in the psych ward, she starts sees Candyman. He's hovering over her. Remember, she starts yeah. going crazy. Yeah. And a fucking nurse runs in, give her a thousand CCs. Yeah. And I'm like, of Calm what? Yeah, no wonder I'm no seeing shit. thousand <laughs> <laughs> CCs is fucking... She sleeps like for a, a month after that. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand CCs seems a little bit fucking much, you know. Exactly. <laughs> she might have said, said ZZs. Don't <laughs> <and> sleep. <laughs> but yeah, I was just questioning the uh, psychiatric ward's nursing um, policies because, you know, <laughs> right on in, I can start jamming things in yeah. her arm. Yeah. yeah, she's getting a bit upset. Better jam with something <laughs> and make it a big dose. Please. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't have many other likes. Dislikes. Yeah, I didn't Dislikes, like... Sorry. I sort of... I found it a bit annoying, but I could understand the purpose of it. But how pretentious that conversation in the restaurant with the other like, academic. Yeah, yeah. I found that, like, irritating, but yeah, I can in understand... Yeah, that kind of felt mm. unnecessary because they kind of went back over some ground. Yeah. Although, did that, is that where you get the meat of his backstory? I think you yeah. get more depth to it. Yeah. He fills and that in... And that punsy dude that's he the fills in the like, glasses. I think he fills in... Like facts, he's yeah. trying to he's trying to put the I'll facts on. And he keeps saying, "I wrote a paper about this yeah, a long you, time you really ago." You really want to find out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's trying to put the human spin on it. It's the same same old story. But I just found that was like the the white people sitting around discussing yeah the society's problems, but they can't they can never understand it. Yeah, properly, exactly. Right? I thought, I thought and, I and maybe that was in there for some of that sort of a subtext mm. that you're talking about. Mm. Jared, didn't you have a problem with the university? Well, yeah, yeah, like it was universities in movies in general. I kind of this one fit in with it, but the lectures don't seem to start until two minutes before the bell. <laughs> the guy's just getting into the what is an urban legend and starts kicking yeah. things off, and people ask questions, and then oh, next lesson we'll get into. It. I'm thinking that's a two minute lecture. You didn't get into anything before that. Yeah, I I, I can watch this online. <laughs> PlayStation games to play. Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, it just seems like it, it, it's always in a movie that it's it's like we're just getting to the meat. We're just getting to what we actually need to cover. We're just yeah. getting to the syllabus. We're just getting to the material, and then the bell goes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Well, look, what should I what should I read up on for the test? Just the last five minutes of every lecture that we've done. Uh, look, there's only, look, uh, over the course of the term, there's only 20 minutes <laughs> of material to, to cover here. So, yeah, uh, you yeah know, it seems like getting get into, get into a rhythm. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting into a rhythm and something it's look it's a Hollywood Hollywood track mate every lecture I ever went to they were wrapped up five minutes before that so you could get to the classes and things like that <laughs> they, they, they timed that shit down in the minute they no, know most directions I went in I got up after five minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah I've done that too <laughs> hence my lack of brain capacity <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's the university you should be going two minute lectures <laughs> you would have caught oh, everything I would be knocking it out of the bloody ballpark if it was two minute lectures shit <laughs> Yeah, um, I think uh, the other the other one I had was um, Ted Raimi being cast as the, uh, the bad boy in the flashback. <laughs> yeah, he looks bloody ridiculous, doesn't he? Oh, oh, I do love Ted Raimi, but yeah, yeah. Well, probably not as a nice. not as a sort of a man who's allegedly, um, you know, making the girls all excited. And, yeah, no. remember it says she was she she was dating Bob or whatever, but she liked. Billy, because he was the, he was the, the dark boy. bad guy. Made yeah. all the girls crazy. And yeah. It's mm. no. It's <laughs> not really working. Nah. I had one of my notes when I was watching this was the drugs in the crawl space would make a better movie. But I think that was because of the slow start. <laughs> right. The, um, 
yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. It's, yeah. it's nice to see that actually the reality of um, of where this story came from yeah. is rooted in actual real in fact, story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, any other dislikes, people? No, nah. not really. Pretty, I didn't have a lot. Pretty solid. It was a pretty no, solid. Yeah. Movie. No. Yeah. Really, oh, once yeah. it kicks into gear, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and once it kicks into gear, a lot of the stuff that you were sort of like, come on, get on with this, sort of makes a bit more sense and yeah, yeah. and fits in with all that. It's not really wasted time that you've got that yeah. you had. It's it's building up to it. Even just because I'm impatient these days, I've been ruined by yeah, my yeah. phone or whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah that's it. And we um, are, we do get impatient. More quickly these days. Yeah. Yeah. The movie has half it. But see, that's, like, <laughs> that's why you're a Fast and Furious fan. Yeah. In terms of <laughs> lack of patience there, mate. In, in terms yeah, of mate, fuck, two minute lectures in Fast and Furious movies <laughs> are right up my alley. <laughs> in terms of where it stands, I guess, with a lot of those, like the style of movie, mm. there's not a lot of like disparity between the, like the, uh, between what you're like stretching to believe and yeah. and what you're able to believe, I yeah. guess. So I think it does a really good job of bringing that. Well, I think that's part of its, one of its charms is that kind of like Freddy, less so for yeah. Freddy, is some of that was rooted in some reality base. All those yeah. articles that um, Wes Craven had read about the kids yeah, you know, hiding um, coffee pots in their bedrooms and all this sort of stuff and dying in the middle of the night for no apparent reason. Mm. But this, I felt, did a better job of creating this world yeah, yeah. that you could kind of get a sense of, yeah. okay, the urban legend is born out of all this and he's just an extension of that, yeah. you know. And the supernatural element is just the candy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it worked well. It might have been able mm. to do a slightly better job of, I guess, making you think that it, of her being confused. Is she crazy or is the is the Candyman, does he exist? But the but I think all in all, yeah. especially for the time, like did a really good job. Yeah. All right, that's Candyman. If you, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. And on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode is called From Paris with Love. It doesn't sound like our sort of movie, but it is. Uh, this is a Gibbo pick is and it? possible stitch up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 uh, wait to next week to find out if it's legitimately a stitch up. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.